Welcome to Chaotic Harmony. My name is John. This is Crystal. I'm Mark. I'm Zoe. We talk about the joys and the challenges of teaching music in the elementary school classroom. We share inspiration. We share struggles. We brainstorm solutions. We would love to have you join us. Hey guys, and welcome to Quarantined Chaos episode quattro. Here we are again. We've made it through another week, and I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us. I feel like I'm we're jealous. Yeah. Uh, today, the, the quarantine was created, and I'm proud quarantine. of that. And I'm, yeah, you missed it. Us. You missed it on the music teacher meeting, John John, but Wait, I am, I'm, yeah, John, yeah you had to go early. I had a meeting. <laughs> I'm I glad that you guys are part of my quarantine. <laughs> we, we got a branding website. We got tattoos. You got shirts? Like, Do you have shirts? Mm-hmm. Holy shirts and nuggets of oats, man. With sunglasses, <laughs> quarantine on the sides. It's really cool. What's How much that? do I got to pay you guys to be part of no, this? Shoot? No amount of money can join. 500 us, bucks? Yeah. Out of control. Maybe. They're out of control. Four Rain bucks. it in, people. Rain it in. 40. Come back. <laughs> what were your wins from this week? What's good? Uh, I got a win. Ooh. Yeah, I met with my. Well, a few students from my orchestra, my beginning orchestra, and they've been they've been playing strings for about five months, and we had not done a tuning lesson before they left. So, and the the instruments go out of tune quite frequently. Like as soon as you look at them. Yes. Yeah. So I had one, and I'd been messaging families if you have. Uh, if you're having issues tuning, because I had sent out some videos, but no one was really commenting or letting me know how they were going. And so I had one student that got back to me and she said, yes, this guy, can you help me tune my violin? So we, we met with the whole orchestra and I said, okay, let's just, uh, we'll wait until the end of the meeting and then I'll help you just one-on-one. But then her microphone wasn't working. Mm. So then I just called home and we're talking on the phone and then, uh, she realized that we both were on iPhones, so she FaceTimed me. Hey. And we did we did it. We tuned her violin without breaking a string, and I <laughs> could not believe it. It was Yay. great. Nice. Yes. Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah. And the songs don't sound right if the instrument's not in tune. Right. <laughs> it's kind of important. Right. And Preston was getting frustrated on his instrument yesterday. Because he's like, it doesn't sound right. And then I was like, oh, forgive it to me. <laughs> I know why. Yay, that's a big one. Yes. I have had a couple of kids find our CVESD Arts um, VAPA channel. Nice. Uh, nice. So quick plug for that. Uh, if you're looking for content, it's pretty awesome. Uh, all of the theater, art, dance, and music teachers in Chula Vista are collaborating. There's a playlist for each um, VAPA discipline and uh, you can just find some really great stuff on there and our favorite one from this week that we've been playing with every day is the art teachers made a collaborative video that's on the theme of spring chickens spring chickies and uh, we've done a different chick piece of art every day I wonder if I have no I'm not gonna get them but anyway <laughs> they're really cute we did finger painting we made chicks out of Legos we did the chicken dance they're awesome Fun. Yeah. For me, I'm uh, slowly transitioning from teaching. From I've, So I've been doing a lot of creating videos for my general ed classes. And I'm slowly transitioning into focusing on my ensembles. And I've been trying to do teams with the kids and whatnot. And um, it's difficult just trying to make sure that everyone's schedule works up. I mean, you do what you can. And I've always recognized that's the, been the main focus. But uh, this week, more kids are showing up. And like the thing I like a lot, a lot about Teams is like that you can kind of break it out into smaller little sections and then students and then also just interact with them with how they're doing emotionally as well. Like it's, I've heard a lot of stories and like, it's great to just be a calming presence in their, in their life. So. Yeah. yeah. It's so important. I'm really glad you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, was able to get my class dojo set up with my musical kids this last week. Um, and so I sent it out, made a video and told them like, Hey, I'd still like to at least do, um, cause we were going to do Lion King. And so it was like, I'd still like us to try to do a circle of life and we'll do one of those montage, like big, everyone's singing and I'll edit the heck out of it. Um, 
I posted it yesterday, and probably within an hour of me posting it, I got a picture on Class Dojo of one of my first graders, who is just the sweetest little thing. She had her script out on the table, and she was learning, re- relearning her lines and stuff. So, Aww. yeah, it was, it was really cool, uh, really cool, excited. There's been some excitement around it. And so um, haven't been able to connect with all kids with it, but um, the ones who are wanting to do it, like, they're ready, man. So, That's yeah. cool. That's cool. The other thing that made me feel good this week was we've now made contact with every kid in the school except for one. So we're trying to hunt him down. But um, it was really – it was just good to know that everybody is is accounted for and that we're getting stuff to everybody. They're doing materials distribution this week, so I know they'll they'll have some structure even if we don't have devices out to everybody yet. But they're even working on that. So we're, we are making progress. Yes. We're making progress. Yeah. Yes. It no longer feels as much like just raw survival – as the first couple of weeks did, I feel like um, my anxiety level, I mean, it's, it's fluctuating, but I feel like it's not that constant vigilance, um, mm. like the hyper aware that the first couple of weeks were and that I'm able to breathe a little more. How- I'm sure that, you know, having the actual good internet also like has helped immensely. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was awful. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for bringing the bucket truck out, internet gods, and fixing it. Yeah, that was not good. And here we are now. I know, but it's, I'm kind of grateful for the experience because it gives me a lot of empathy for the kids that are in that situation where they are cut off from their classes. They're not able to join video chats. They don't have devices. I got a little taste of that, and it sucks. How are you guys? I'm a little worn. Yeah. But I'm well. Like I, I, I'm doing. There's a lot that, that, that I would I, I want to accomplish by the end of May. Mm-hmm. So I'm worn, and but I'm I'm doing well. Again, like just the small bits of that are that I'm getting with my students just are nice lights for me. They're nice little uplifting things. Even though like it's not how it's not to the John Seligman standard of what I often desire, which is always too much for anything. But like, regardless, it's things, as you're saying, things are stabilizing, things are moving forward. There's a lot on the horizon, but I'm doing well. That's pretty much where I'm at. It's so hard to let go of that, that music teacher perfection piece. Like we really strive for excellence and now it's, we're striving for connection and making that shift is not small. For me, it's not excellence in this regard, it's ambition. It's like, I have a lot of really cool stuff that I want you guys to try out. But in order for that to happen, there's a lot of things that need to be taken care of in a digital sense. And so realism versus like excitement is just that juxtaposition I'm doing. Yeah. Well, and we're not there. We're not peering over their shoulder going, push, play. Don't just watch it. Do it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I would actually say from time to time in my classroom, guys, this isn't TV. This is real life. I want you to talk <laughs> to me. <laughs> and now I'm going to have to retrain them all over again <laughs> when this is over. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, when you ask your class a question, they're all like. <laughs> uh, especially in the morning, Monday oh. morning. Oof. Or after lunch. After lunch, Monday morning, or the day after break. Oh gosh! I feel like there's or after like Halloween. It's like a forty-minute window in the morning and a forty-minute window in the afternoon where everybody's like gold, and you just live for that. Mm-hmm. I was just listening back on um, the last couple episodes and and hearing everybody say things like, "I feel like I work all day and don't accomplish anything," and I feel like I'm in a place now where I'm giving myself a little bit more grace about that and just a little more realistic about what I can accomplish. And I, I find it fascinating that every time I make a to-do list, I get exactly half done. Huh. You get I don't half? know. That's I don't awesome. know what that is. Hopeful. Well, thanks. I hate it. <laughs> I got a, 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 a sixth done. That's probably a, uh, Yeah. I've been working really hard to make my to-do list like reasonable and there's still, I just, I'm, I'm just kind of coming to accept that if I write it down, I will get half of it done. And that's it. That's, that's what I got. That's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Time is in this weird warp right now. Um, we're, we're having Victoria join us today. Victoria Bowler for her second time. We got to interview her back 
last summer when we were all together last time for our ORF level three. And I'm really excited that she said yes. She was one of the first people I talked to when I was ready to start constructing online lessons because she has such a great presence on social media and she has such a good head on her shoulders. She's one of the most organized people I know, which I admire greatly because I am not. Um, and she just thinks in this very linear fashion. And I feel like I'm now ready to absorb from her some of her brilliant ideas for how to teach and assess online. So, so yeah. exciting because I wasn't there the first episode. I had to listen yeah. to it after the fact. Mm. So I were in Spain. Right. I was in Spain. Mm-hmm. But, yes. Yeah. Have she you guys, is amazing. She is amazing. Have you guys started to assess online yet? No. no. Okay. I'm trying to survive still. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I was just curious. We're starting to get work back from kids, but it's it's like a mm. very small percentage of the kids will actually turn anything in. Right. Um, so, so I actually I want to do a little a little shout out. Actually, uh, I was part of the Save the Music um, workshop, and a teacher over in Connecticut, Naveem, he was sharing about this approach on how to work with band in a distance kind of situation where they like play along with almost like a karaoke track. And mm-hmm. I was thinking like, that that is like a perfect me- mode. I've been looking for something to latch onto as far as assessment goes in a distance learning situation. So I just had the workshop yesterday. And so I'm trying to implement that with my band today. I started that. And so um, I guess my assessment has begun. We'll see if my, if I can assess my assessment, <laughs> but you know, how rules. It's it's so interesting how I feel like a first year teacher in so many ways. It's like, all right, is this gonna work? <laughs> right. Like I was finally I, in a really comfortable place. Question for you guys, and Crystal, especially since you've like been teaching longer than me, um, do you ever not do you ever not feel like a first year teacher? And when I say <laughs> that, like I have the confidence, I have much more confidence in what I'm teaching, but I'm all I'm constantly like, did that work? <laughs> Did what I teach like two years ago, is that working now? Like, I will say that after I took ORF level one, I felt like a first year teacher all over again. And I'd been teaching for nine years and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it just took everything and flipped it on its head. Um, I love, so when I was doing my field work, when I was in my teaching program, I did some observation with Dr. now Dr. Daly, um, who is in charge of band. At the time he was the band director for Point Loma High School. And I asked him, um, when you start feeling more confident in front of a classroom, because I'd just gotten thrown into the deep end in front of classrooms for the first time. And he told me, um, my first year teacher, uh, as a teacher, I felt like a balloon and like somebody was going to find the needle. And, and he said, every year I teach, I feel like my balloon gets filled up with a little bit more sand. And... I thought that that was such a great visual, and I think about it all the time. Um, that he begins to sink like, in sadness? <laughs> no, like if no. somebody finds the needle, it won't go boom. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Like there's a little more substance um, in there. But uh, gosh, doesn't that go back to the imposter syndrome we talked about last week, right? Like, yes. We always feel like like we're putting on some sort of front, I think. Seriously. Like yeah. I was talking to a, uh, one of my coworkers, she's a first grade teacher currently, and um, she was ta- I asked her, this was probably when I was my second year, when did you feel like comfortable teaching? She said my 10th year. Like, that's when I fully felt comfortable in what I was teaching. Like, well, I guess I'm halfway there now. <laughs> Shoot. But, yep. Yeah. I know. I know. And then um, right when I find a nice rhythm and I feel like I've, I've got this structure in place for, and I've got everybody learning at grade level with my program that I've been building for five years, this happens. So this is fun. <laughs> yeah. Life was tossing you like a little wrench in the, in the works. Exactly. And also like, as I feel like a good teacher will do, like we, if we want to improve ourselves, we will constantly not feel 100% steady hmm. because we are constantly trying to push ourselves. Because if we ever, someone, uh, a friend of mine wrote this. He is a, in the music industry, and he's a, um, he's a producer. And he said, if you are ever writing music that sounds like the current radio style, hey, sorry, you're writing. Sorry, uh, sorry, John. 
Hey. Hi. John, stop talking. Victoria's here. She's all <laughs> my friends. Hi, Hi, Victoria. Hi, you guys. Hi. John was in the middle of saying something. It's not yeah, we something saw your profound. Face. Not I know. We got really let's excited. Just, let's just mute John. <laughs> Can you mute me? Are you the head of this? Yeah, oh. I have the power. Mark does have the power. Uh, I've got the power. I, I, I'll just finish. All I was saying is that, like, if you have. Uh, like he was saying how if you're writing music of the current time, then you're writing the past. I think the same thing applies for music education. If you're trying to do stuff that you were earlier doing that was working, you're doing education of the past. So, so I do agree that a certain amount of discomfort is healthy as an educator because yes. we always have to grow. Uh, but holy cow, have we been asked to pivot. Oh, yeah. Right now. Uh-huh. So that's what we were talking about, Victoria. And yeah. I was... I was just saying that I'm finally in a headspace that w I was not in when I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, and mm -hmm. I'm now ready to absorb your brilliant ideas. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, I was like, bah! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you called me, and you're like, um, I kind of need someone just to like bounce off my experience. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to be that person at this moment because I'm in myself and so I'm still problem solving so yeah I'm, I'm sorry that I wasn't uh, I wasn't like an empathetic listener as you were an empathetic you listener you did a great job <laughs> I felt a lot better after we talked it was just okay. nice to know that I wasn't the only one in that space um, you know and I and I keep reaching out to educators that I respect and mm -hmm. um, and I know are excellent educators and everybody was feeling that way and everybody is feeling that way um, yeah yeah. So how are you doing now? You, this is a life update for me. How about, okay. So we should probably say again who you are. I'm just assuming that everybody has listened to all almost 40 episodes of chaotic harmony. If so let pause, watch <laughs> go back. And then like, and subscribe. And then <laughs> Leave Victoria, a review, tell your friends. That's and yes, please. Come back and listen. Yes, please. So Victoria, who are you? Hi there, my name is Victoria Bolter. I am an elementary general music educator, and I know all of these crazy, wonderful people from ORF levels in San Diego. Chula Vista. And yeah, from Chula Vista. Um, that's me. What else, what else is there? And you're an amazing content creator. <laughs> I share uh, my teaching ideas and my philosophy and things that I think would be fun for me to put out into the world at victoriabowler.com. It and it's all extremely wonderful. Oh, that's kind of you. And high quality. I just want to put out there of and all we've the podcasts your stuff. Huh? we've done, all the podcasts we've done, we've referenced a lot of people. You are probably the most referenced person we have ever talked about yes. on the podcast. Probably. Can I tell you something? Whenever I hear you guys like say my name, I'm always like, oh, I'm famous. <laughs> this is amazing. And I always like, I call my husband. I'm like, Nathan, they talked about me. <laughs> so you talk to Nathan every week about that, basically. That's exactly. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Nathan, I'm there again. Yeah. No, I think that's one of the reasons that, uh, like, I always I end up talking back to your podcast because, like, you guys are my friends, right? But then mm -hmm. if me I'm like I have seven things to say about that because you invited me into this conversation I'm just not there I love it though you can call us anytime right. um okay so that's who you are I guess I'd like to hear from you a little bit about what the current crisis has done and for you personally and how you have decided to pivot maybe we could start there sure um ugh, I don't know Crystal that's huge I know. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was really open-ended. Well, the, the thing about us as educators is like, I'm not sure that we have ever felt in our like analog classrooms that we had our teaching like totally under our belts and like every, every day was like smooth sailing. Oh yeah. This is my formula for success every single time. So it, like we walked away from something where we had to have a lot of flexible thinking where we had to be constantly pivoting every single moment. And then you keep those same challenges, but they're augmented with no internet and people are losing their jobs and people can't show up for music class and you've never put out content online before. And like all these other things that didn't take away any of the 
original challenges of this work. Do you know what I mean? So um, my, my journey with creating these digital resources was I had, and, and we talked about this a little bit in, in my um, last podcast about how I'm someone who I map out my year in a very intentional and flexible way. So my saving grace through all of this has been that I had a scope and sequence for every single lesson of the year that I was going to create something for, that I was going to create a lesson for. Um, And so when everything went digital, I was like, no problem. I have my scope and sequence. I don't need to change anything. I just need to take this music stuff and make it digital. And I agree with that approach. Um, what I did not take into account is that I don't have the headspace to make every five less five minute like increment of my lessons into a, a digital response activity. And it's not even that I don't have the headspace for that. Um, people don't have the headspace for that. Like, <laughs> um, like, like the kids. Yes, they the don't have the headspace. Don't. Mm-hmm. They absolutely do not. And their parents don't have the headspace and their siblings don't have the headspace and they're all sharing one iPad, you know? And so is, well, I agree with myself in my philosophy at the beginning, I think I was on the right track, but there was no way for any of us to know how much this was going to impact our day to day lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, um, the way I approached it was, what is my regular teaching like? What are these resources that I'm already creating? What does that look like digital? And that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I approached it. Um, and it's similar to how we approach things in our classrooms anyway. Like what would be fun and creative and fulfilling for me as an artist and would also align with my educational philosophy? It's the same thing in theory, right? And I know it's always easier in theory, but it's the same thing our, our method of delivery is just super different and the context where students receive the information is still very different. But I think that I found a lot of peace remembering that I haven't changed as an educator. As a musician, I'm still the same person. Um, my philosophy is the same. I'm just adapting in a, in a different, I don't know, a different set of circumstances. I like that a lot. Hey, I, oh, I, you go sorry, sorry. I, I like that a lot because I feel like a lot of educators were so much focusing on the content and you, and how do you transfer the content into the digital space when for you and for all of us, it should really be, how can I transfer my philosophy and it's going down to the root of it. And then from there, you're not planting the tree, you're planting the seed. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. That. My, uh, my friend, Ann Molesky talks about, looking at all these different digital resources and trying to crush them into the mold of being musical. So like what's is Flipgrid for music? No, it's, it's just like a general education seesaw. No, it's not, it's not for music. All of these things, Google classroom. So you take these digital devices and you try to cram them into the music space as opposed to taking what you're doing musically and finding a way to make the music digital instead of making the digital resources musical. And that framework was helpful for me. Nice. What I was going to say, Victoria, is that when I'm listening to you talk, first of all, it's so good to hear from you. Uh, it's been a while, but it has been a long time. When, when you're talking, you're like saying out loud that conversation or conversations that you've had with yourself. Mm-hmm. And we're having to do that a lot. I mean, we had to do that when we were in, the, in our own classrooms at physical school in our own, you know, little island, but even more so now we have to, we have to be talking to ourselves. And sometimes it feels kind of scary because it can escalate, but Mm -hmm. the way that you are saying it, it's like you're grounded in, in something creative in a creative process. And I just so admire that. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's super validating to hear Zoe. Um, I think a lot about how vulnerable we ask our students to be in the music room. Um, for example, improvise or adapt to challenges or all these things we ask our students to do, but we would never ask them to take those risks if we had not first created a safe classroom environment. And I know 
that are all about like the social emotional wellness, like creating a safe space for students so they feel loved and supported and that they have a foundation to be musical. If that's what I would do for a seven-year-old who wants to run all over the room and break that he can, um, why would I not do that for myself? Like, why would I not create a safe space where I feel like I can have fun and be expressive and educationally sound in a way that lets me sleep at night and be excited to make something the next morning? You know, it's the same, it's the same thing that I would do for students and I'm every bit as worthy of that process. I love that. I think that's a beautiful way to talk to yourself, um, especially as I've been talking to so many educators who right now are in this headspace of, we talked about this last week, like nothing I am doing is enough right now, right? Um, <laughs> it feels like we work all day and we're just spinning our wheels. And is this, is this reaching anybody? Is this effective? Mm -hmm. is, is this working? And um, taking a step back and being like, you know what, I need to give myself that grace of what I am doing right now is enough because it's what I can do and I am doing what I can do. Mm -hmm. What I would add to that, Crystal, I totally agree. I had a conversation with an incredible pianist um, and she has graduated from her undergrad performance degree and she was talking about how nervous she is to play at her church because her professor is there. And this was obviously like six months ago. <laughs> um, but uh, she was just talking about like, I'm so nervous because I don't get to practice enough these days. And I know that like, I've kind of, my technique isn't what it used to be when I did my senior title. I just like, I don't want to perform because I'm, I'm not ready. And I feel like I'm not ready. And I was like, yeah, but you weren't, you didn't feel like you were ready at your senior recital. It was just that the date was there and you had to walk on stage and do it. Mm -hmm. it we don't feel ready when our kids walk on stage. <laughs> it's just that the date on the calendar says like, it's time, man. Or I guess in, in y'all's case, that's not true. Maybe it's still a sore subject uh, with your, with your collaborative concert. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good, it's a but Suzanne, oh, oh sorry, John. Cool Come on. <laughs> uh, the point is, <laughs> we've never put on a performance where we felt ready. That's not part of the, the performance process, and this is the exact same thing. I view it exactly like I view performing, which is like you prepare for everything you can, and then you walk on stage and you go for it, and it's going to be great but it's not because you sat there and tried to analyze every single piece of it or make every single part of it perfect. Like at some point you make your video and you stumbled over like half the words in the video and you put it up there because the point was never that you don't stumble over words, you know? I, you know, in conjunction with what you just said there and also something else I said earlier on, it really, like it hones in on something I felt when I started, you know, going into this digital space and that this has been such a wonderful opportunity for me to empathetically re recognize where my students are at. Because when I, I remember the first couple of videos I made is like, nope, I didn't send that out. This is trash. And like, I just had like five like saved versions of one video mm -hmm. and it was just, uh, and as I was learning also how to edit videos, like I was failing so many times and how often do we ask our students to do the same thing? And it has been a great check for me to say, hey, this is what my students are going through. And what you said there regarding the performance aspect, yeah, like I, I feel like we're never ready. And as teachers, I feel like we don't ever connect the whole performance bit, um, but you're right. I feel like there's something yeah. more to say, but I don't have the words to it. <laughs> well, what I would what I would add is like it makes you check yourself anytime you're yeah. like, that kid needs more grit. That mm. kid just needs to apply themselves, right? Like <laughs> this is this is so much. And our students have a lot being thrown at them as well every single day, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, every time um, I'm in a Facebook group and somebody pops in and says, how do I respond to this kid who emailed me and says, I'm sorry, I can't do my music this week. I'm like, you respond and say, are you okay? (laughs) How are you doing, buddy? Because I don't know about you, but I'm struggling right now. Um, And I found, you know, my kids might not be doing their music lessons every week, but they sure want to pop in on the chat feature on Teams and talk to their teacher because they miss school and they miss that that safe space that we provide also on that like i've (laughs) as i as i try to navigate teams which is entirely new to me and Mm -hmm. as i see other teachers try to navigate teams and it kind of equates the whole learning experience once again um one thing i love telling my students is that it's been a pleasure working with you because i've never like i was talking to actually a former student of mine um, because I'm, tr- I'm trying to create this alumni choir project, whatnot. The student couldn't be a part of it, but I was just saying, you know, it was really great working with, with you for, for two years. And that's what it really is. And this is kind of also taken the veil off at least not a teacher versus student thing at all whatsoever, be it in the music classroom or the general ed classroom. We are all in the same freaking boat. <laughs> and the kids might know something more than you, and that's good. You don't need to squander that. And I think it's imp- something important that, at least for me, to take that into the, I like how you put it, the analog classroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, remembering that when I'm a teacher there in a live situation, checking myself, this is still, even though I'm a teacher there, a student, this is still a joint learning process. So say we all. <laughs> yeah. Um, may the fourth be with you. That, that, that's that's late. That's oh. that happened on Monday. Also, <laughs> when this is released. <laughs> so Thank <with> you. you. <laughs> um, I'm curious about this, Victoria. Um, yeah. Okay, so we talked last time about how important it is to speak the language of your administrators. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that was a big takeaway for me from our conversation. I wholeheartedly agreed with it, but I'd never really, you know, put it in the language that you did before. And I found it really helpful to think about mm-hmm. it that way. Um, I am struggling right now to find the language to speak administrator um, about the importance of what I do, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And trying to work together with my art teacher to provide socio-emotional support for the mm-hmm. students, trying not to increase the burden of the general classroom teachers who are so overloaded. Mine are mm-hmm. working so hard, and I really admire them um, for what they're doing for kids right now. Um, but I'm, I'm looking at the rest of the year, and I'm even looking at the beginning of next year because there's a lot of rumors floating around of maybe yeah. this goes on for longer. Yeah. And I'm wondering, how do I communicate that? How do I put together a plan um, that, that continues to say this is important, and this is why, and this is why we need to prioritize it? Right. Yeah. I have no idea, Crystal. Cool. <laughs> I have no clue. Thanks for listening, um, everyone. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, it's a huge thing. It's a huge yeah. thing that I'm thinking about a lot. And that was, um, I don't want to be the voice of doom and gloom because that's not who I am. But I want to look at this situation very realistically that, and I know this is something that you guys have touched on already. Um, but when, when we got the news, like as a nation that, you know, one by one things are are moving digital and that has looked so different for so many different art programs and and music as the arts, right. Um, across the, across the nation, there are some educators who are still expected to do assessments and they are showing up on zoom calls and it's like an hour music lesson and whoever shows up is there. Like I, I'm talking to um, someone specifically I had a conversation with and she's like, yeah, I had a Zoom call and I just sat there on a Zoom call for an hour. And I worked on some other project and like, oh my goodness, that that is brutal. I can't yeah. imagine. So this is all to say like my, my giant like fears when I heard the news. Um, we were already in a situation where we're seeing our time cut. I'm not so concerned about, this is a separate issue we can talk about some other time, but I'm not so concerned about funding cuts as much as I am time cuts. Because it's like, I can do anything with kids as long as I have kids. But if you don't give me the kids, uh, we're gonna have a hard time doing anything at all. So I've been concerned that 
This is an example of arts programs being pushed to the very back of the priority list once again. And I have a fear that when we jump back into the fall, what the fall looks like, we we are not guaranteed time with students. You know, we're not guaranteed time to make that that loss of instruction up. Um, even though, like, we can we can make the argument that this is not loss of instruction. This is growth for everybody, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's been on my mind. Um, something that I have been one of the ways I've been approaching this is collecting data on student learning, on student participation, on student growth, um, because administrators really like to talk about numbers. They like to talk about things that they can quantify. Every administrator, hopefully, really loves their kids and they love the students in their school. But at the end of the day, they have to make something fit in a schedule. And so if you can say, all of our students have a right to free and appropriate education, and arts are a part of that. This is how many students were able to take advantage of that right in uh, September 2020. This is how many were able to take advantage of it in March, well, I guess September 2019, <laughs> uh, March yeah. 2020, right? Um, yeah. And say, like, I can quantify the loss of instruction in my classroom. I can quantify and show you this kid has never shown up in digital learning. Mm -hmm. This kid has completely lost his right free and appropriate education and that's not okay with me and it should not be okay with you wow. i think the more we can quantify it it will help us communicate better hmm. okay i i hear that that's daunting and i hear like i hear myself say it and i hear that it's like oh now you also want me to like track grades for my kids what are you talking about um i i do recognize that that it's like one more piece Mm -hmm. I would be curious to see, even if we just started tracking participation, not even like these kids, I don't know, accomplish an assignment, right? Because we don't care about assignments right now. We care how many kids can show up and be a part of something musical. So if it's YouTube views, if it's um, people interacting on Class Dojo versus your entire grade level, that's something where you can like, because we don't want to walk into our administrator's offices and be like, I feel let down. I feel sad about this. Right. Cause you're like, yeah, yeah. Listen, everybody feels sad about this. I would just, I would just encourage us as a community to try to find ways that are communicative and concrete instead of abstract, instead of like, subjective and it will still be emotion based. I'm not suggesting we take the emotion out of it. It's a very emotional issue. Sure. But I'd love for us to find a way to communicate objectively. We, so my art teacher and I kind of landed on this way of thinking this week. She was like, well, normally I would be plastering the hallways with art and you uh -huh. would be putting on context, uh, concerts. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what is what does that look like right now? And we decided that what that looked like was student art all over dojo and teams um, in all the public places that we could put them. So we made um, like a school-wide VAPA channel. Uh, there's the main stream. Uh, I'm able to post on the school story on dojo. Mm -hmm. um, and just every single kid that made a color wheel out of their toys or um, tried to, to, to do like the clapping game with a sibling that I put up or made a water drum in the kitchen this mm -hmm. week, um, we tried to put out there. And, um, yeah, I think a lot of people got joy out of seeing that. And the, and every time, every time I got feedback from the teachers, they were just saying, Oh, it's so great to see their faces and see how much fun they had with that. So and it's what kind you're of like stepping back and, and going yes. like, we're going to keep the fun in this because everybody needs a release right now. Mm -hmm. So whereas normally I would be like, you know, really focused on who's reading quarter notes and who's able to keep a steady beat right now. I'm like, mm -hmm. who's doing it? Right. Right. And Crystal, what you're doing, like, I think that's beautiful. And I think that's an amazing approach because what you're doing is saying, I'm still here. I'm still here. We're still here. The arts are still here. We have not gone away and we are not going away, you know? Um, and you're finding a way to raise your hand and say, we're still making music. Right. I love that. I love that. Thanks. <laughs> we're all just making it up every day, right? So are you saying just finding a way to make something quantifiable? Not necessarily, I mean, if one approach is to see who's participating, but as long as you have numerical data to showcase to an admin, then this, okay. 
Yeah, I, that's... I, as you say this, I'm just trying to ruminate how this would work. That's all. It's like, it's good, but I don't know how. I know, I know. And that's the tough thing about like any conversation with any music teacher. It's like our situations are so different, you know, and, and right. Chulista is no exception to the, I don't know, the diversity aspect in our nation. Yeah, I have 400 kids and that's on the low end. It's yes. Yeah. Yes. But how many, Crystal, how many do you have right now? Yeah, right. That are actually doing it. Um, yeah. I mean, 30 so far that have really, you know, posted something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so I think if you can have that conversation and say, my instructional reach went from 400 to 30. Mm-hmm. And the job of the school is to provide educational experiences for students. And so when we are scheduling how to make up for lost instructional time, because kids didn't take the SATs and they didn't take the, you know, the state testing at the elementary level, you know, whatever it is in in your specific um, state listening, you can say, we had a loss of instructional time too. Mm -hmm. And this is how much, and this is the impact. And this is how I pivoted and adjusted and how I was a brilliant educator in the midst of this adversity, but we still have work to do for the arts, just like every single other. I think that's helpful. And I think that that's actionable. It's a baseline start for anybody. Right. Uh, It's a baseline start. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're looking for right now. Survival. Yeah. Survival, but also. You're literally muted. Yeah, well, so I, I'm a heavy breather, just am. And so it's, no one wants to hear me breathing on the, on the, on the podcast. I don't know, I'm just taking it all in. Is it? Never mind. Um, is, so, I don't know, I'm just taking it all in. Like, you, you offer a super unique perspective, and I appreciate that. Um, and, like, these are just things that I haven't thought of because X, Y, like, there's just other things that I'm, I'm trying to, you know, process and figure out. And like, it's like earlier we had a conversation, like how do you speak admin and like you're presenting something that's like, this is how, and like, I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, okay, what can I do to have mm-hmm. that, to have that? Because I'm going into next school year with a new principal. Like our principal Ooh. took a new position and she's like, she's doing something great and it's amazing. So we have an interim right now, but next school year, there's someone new coming in and mm-hmm. whether that person, like where, how they feel about the arts is like, I don't know, because we don't know who it is. And so if they come in, they're like, you know what? I don't see that this is important. Like, I need to be able to be like, oh, actually, boom, here's the data. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I am not, I, data is not my strength. And so I'm trying to just internally process, how do I get better at collecting data? And like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you can put me in front of a class of a bunch of kids and like, I will be able to do my thing. But then like, when it comes to data and it comes to that stuff, I lack and I just that's an area of education I suck at. And like, this is a time where I need to not, like I need, mm. I need it. And so that's, that's just kind of what I'm processing through. Right. No, I, I like that you shared that Mark. Um, I want to hang out here for a second, if that's okay. Um, and like I said, like I said at the beginning, like Crystal was like, what do you think? And I was like, I have no clue. <laughs> but you do though. You do have a clue. You have more I of have, than I had. I have a hypothesis. Okay. Right? But time will tell as everybody kind of tests this out in their own way. Um, in terms of research, we have quantitative data and we have qualitative data. And what I have been talking about is quantitative data, which is something that you can measure. It's something very objective, right? Right. A very reasonable approach to this would also be qualitative data, which would be something like a case study, right? Stories. Studies, uh-huh, are qualitative data. So like Mark, to your point, I think a lot of music teachers are in the exact same position of like, uh, no, I don't spend my time looking over numbers. I'm busy teaching kids. So no, I don't have the data, Victoria, (laughs) but you do, (laughs) but you do have a lot of qualitative data. So I think that if you could say, I mean, I like, let's pivot this approach. Like let's say, um, hi, Mrs. Principal, I have some qualitative data for you. This is a second grade music class from this time last year. And this is the song that we did. And this is an example of how students were improvising. And this is the cognitive process that they had to walk through to collaborate and generate new artistic material. Okay, this is the lesson plan that we did. 
March 2020. This is the lack of collaboration. This is the lack of um, innovation and the lack of creativity and creative thought that students were working with. And I think that you can approach it. I don't think it has to be quantitative, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think however you think of your music room, if you can create some sort of contrast to express your place in the school before and your place in the school digitally and just say like, I am looking forward to meeting the needs of all of my learners to the very best of my ability. I cannot wait to see them in that 45 minutes once a week right? or whatever, whatever it is. What I don't want is another Sputnik where um, people went into space and then the US government said, we have to cut arts because we have to focus on math and sciences. You know, I don't want this to be another Sputnik. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if this is a conversation for now, it's probably not, um, but like in, in, in trying to speak administrator and whatnot, wouldn't we want to have the quantitative data? Like they can't, it's, I shouldn't say they, like it seems that the, that quantitative data is more cared about than qualitative. You know, it like it is, yeah, yeah, it is, but that's not necessarily a good thing. That's just because we like to pretend that numbers mean things that they don't. So let's jump on that <laughs> and show up with our own numbers. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate numbers and I hate math, so that's fine. Mark, what you're saying right now is that, like, do they care more about quantitative data? Quantitative data is more easy to see. It's easier to, like, when you give people qualitative data, you have to have a strong thesis and what this means. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of narratives, which can mean anything mm -hmm. and can be sp spun any way. So whether or not you use qualitative or quantitative data, anyone who's trying to defend the arts has to have a strong argument and believe in what they're saying. And then use the data to uh, just, have a, just have a strong feet underneath whichever kind of data you use. Yeah, and I think it's okay to mix both, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah. I mean, words can lie, numbers can lie. It's not that one is more true than the other, right? It might be that one is easier for you to articulate. And I think that's a good way to go forward. Yeah. Also, Mark, you were telling us a, I guess a case study in a, in a <laughs> one of your, one of your students earlier today when we were, when we were talking about, I think her name's Candy and how yeah. you've known her since she was a second grader and just the huge growth that she's made. Mm. I wonder if you could like continue that story, update sure. it to the present. Yeah. Not just that, but I think just like holding on to all this, like, we have so many narratives as, as, teacher, as teachers. We have so many stories, but we share them with our friends and we share them yes. orally and we don't ever document them. I think this, the cool stuff with chaotic harmony, um, is that on our Instagram, we just post these quotes of encouragement. And like, it's mostly to, I would, I mean, it, it's kind of an open-ended purpose. It's kind of a purpose to share, like to encourage educators, but also it can be, if we as educators document our stories, it can be used as stories for advocacy as well. We just gotta hold on to them, get the date down, get the name down, get everything. Like, we just gotta organize our, our ish together, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yep. Get yeah. your ish together. Mm. <laughs> Get your ish together and realize you have lots of data. You do. You're just yeah. not calling it data. Yeah. I think that this is a really good starting point, and I appreciate it. Um, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for your perspective. This is like a huge topic, right? Yeah, and yeah it, and it, it is. Goes, <laughs> and like <laughs> well, it is. It's everybody is asking right now, where do we begin? And I yeah. think that this, there we go. That is somewhere that we can begin and we can at least start to think about it um, and start to think about the conversations that we have managed to have with our students, which ones have been most successful, what lessons are working, how many kids um, are we still unable to reach? And mm -hmm. then that gives us a place to assess. All right, where do we go from here? Um, if this lasts longer, how do we right. move forward? So I thank you, Victoria. I think it's yeah. really helpful. The only thing that I would add to your point, Crystal, is that it's not a reflection on you. Mm. you know, like just to take your, your example, like it's not a reflection on you that 30 kids showed up. Mm -hmm. It's a reflection on the system. And we have a responsibility 
to bring that forward to administration so they have accurate tools to help fix the system to the extent that they can. But I think sometimes we are hesitant to be like, this goes back to your last episode on imposter syndrome. We're a little hesitant to be like, I sat on a Zoom call by myself for an hour. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or like, I posted a video and it got three views and I wanted it to get 3,000 views. And I think five dislikes. <laughs> yeah, uh, five dislikes. So did you <laughs> see all this video, Victoria? Is that what you're referring to? <laughs> yeah, like some people are having like not so much success. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like sometimes we're hesitant to say it, but in, in the same way that like when a student, this is, this is similar to classroom management where like if a student is running around your room trying to break everything that they can, that's not necessarily all on you. That can be something where we come together as a community and support that student. This is the same thing. It's not on you that that a video got a dislike or that some kids aren't showing up for education. It's not a reflection on the quality of instruction that you're giving. That's good. Well, guys, I, I feel like I want to end it there because I think that that's so much to think about. Yes. Do we feel There's okay with that? Yeah, I think that's a lot to think about. I think also it's important for us to think about the fact that when we have so many people watching this video, it's super important. <laughs> no, <I> really, <laughs> <laughs> this is a hard, hard right turn. I tried. I giggled. I lost it. Uh, thank you, everyone, who has been a part of this journey. Uh, it's really been great to see people like Victoria right here joining us, um, and we hope to have more people join us as well. If you, but um, one way that this community extends itself is if you go to your podcast app and review, uh, give us a review, so more people see it. Be honest. Share your thoughts. We want to improve. We want to see how we can get better. Also, if you have any uh, thoughts, you can always email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail.com. Uh, don't be a butt, though. Don't be a butt. I like that. I want to take a quick break and thank my husband, Brian, who's been working behind the scenes producing these episodes every week on all of the platforms and on time. But you need to know that he is first a financial planner for Mission Trails Financial. Mission Trails Financial is a partner that seeks to guide clients in the journey to financial success. They believe that people need a financial advisor that aims to provide strategies for success. Mission Trails Financial helps people navigate investments, tax planning, and insurance. Imagine working with an advisor who isn't tied to specific brands. Mission Trails Financial has a fiduciary responsibility to act in the best interests of their clients by providing independent, objective advice. Their mission is to help clients accomplish their financial goals. As Joe Vitale once said, a goal should scare you a little and excite you a lot. Do yourself a favor and set up a time to chat with Mission Trails Financial. Visit www.missiontrailsfinancial.com or call 619-419-0238 to schedule a call. You'll be glad you did. We believe that leaning on professionals is how we get ahead. Check out the program notes for more information. Um, our spiccato this week is a little different. Um, I was thinking about um, how we've kind of had this theme of find something at home that could serve as blank. And I've been doing make your own instruments for the last couple of weeks. So I wanted to share mine. And then I kind of wanted to round Robin. What have you guys found um, that you're putting in your videos for ways for the kids to make music from things in their home if you have them? Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be things. It could be other ways that you're teaching them to make music using what they have. So I have two. I have a toilet paper roll kazoo. Um, it's just a tube that I poked a hole in for a sound hole and wax paper and a rubber band and it makes a kazoo sound. It's excellent. And then this was the other project that got a lot of response. Um, it's an Easter egg with seed beads in it and tape and spoons. Yay! Yay! Super simple. And a bunch of kids made them. It was really cute. Lots of colors. Lots of Easter egg colors. I'm, I, I feel like I want to say this. Uh, whenever I make instruments on my videos, I come from such an um, impoverished school, like where we have 100% free and reduced lunch. I'm really conscious to never use beans or rice or any sort of food. So um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that might come across as oversensitive, but I just, I'm very aware of that. So when I make a video and I say to use things from your home, I try to make sure that it's never food. I'm just throwing that out there in case that might plant a seed that could be helpful. So anyway, what do just you guys... Your demographic, I don't think it's oversensitive. Yeah. 
If it's not applicable yeah. to your demographic, then so be it. But yeah, listen, if your kids have lots of rice and beans, <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a good but thing. don't virtue signal your rice and beans. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's just something that I think about a lot. So when I was thinking about what to put in the Easter egg to shake around, I used beads. Um, and I said, you know, you could find small rocks outside as well. Or I was trying to think like, what's something that would make a shaky sound? So that's, that's what I thought. Um, do you guys have ideas for instruments that you could make your kiddos or, so or was, ways you're making sounds? There was an episode that, um, I, an episode, oh gosh. There was a lesson I did, uh, and it was, <laughs> <laughs> an I seriously, it's a turn episode. Like, I well, when you, you well, it is an episode yeah. of your YouTube it channel. Is, it is, it's it strange, is directed by John Seligman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was doing a song, well, I was doing a an adaptation of a song of the poem by Robert Louis Stevenson called My Bed is a Boat. And so, as I sang it, I had then this like soundscape of like, how are you going to create you know, these, like the wind, or the wind, also the waves. And so one thing I grabbed was a big blank that I have. I also have a milk jug that just, you know, created the old waves getting us the boat. And then I encouraged students to see what they could do. I had one kid that sent a video back of him grabbing a mop and uh, with a bucket started just chugging it. I was like, dude, nice. you got it. You got it. Nice. I like it. And then also I grabbed a bunch of rice and beans and I just tossed something <laughs> in there. I said, I don't need these. <laughs> well, I've been trying to pick rounds every week to sing and uh, we did, we meaning me, I did, here I, why can't I remember? Oh, here I sit and wait for you. Yes, thank you. And I went outside and I sat in my backyard and did they come? <laughs> no. Just all these children in Zoe's backyard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's like full circle to uh, Crystal. Your comment about uh, the Roger Sam's thing about like sending light out. It's the same thing. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yes, sending your light out of your music room. Mm -hmm. So good. Guys, if you if you haven't yet and you're looking for a little community and you need a little time and space to heal, Teaching with Orf every Tuesday, and they've decided to do it for, it was going to be through April, but now they're continuing it every Tuesday at um, 5 Pacific um, and then whatever that lines up to on every coast. Uh, they're leading these, um, like, it's like meditation um, and poetry reading, and then we do small breakout sessions, and it's so good. Nice. I just always walk away feeling so encouraged, and it's so nice after, you know, a day of feeling like I'm spinning my wheels and am I doing anything to get together with other music teachers who are feeling the same way and not necessarily talk about work, but just talk about taking care of ourselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so did everybody who had an idea get to share? <laughs> uh, I'll share something that's okay. I'll share something that, like I'm breaking your rule a little bit. Um, I made a video today and it was like a rhythm versus beat thing and students could, I'm looking at a tambourine and a hand drum right now. Um, so I was on the video saying like the, here's what we'll use for the steady beat. Here's what we use for the uh, rhythm of the works. Right. And then on seesaw, this is different from your question, Crystal, but it's like a work with what you have kind of thing. Okay. Um, we'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can choose on seesaw if you're going to do the rhythm of the words or the steady beat and whichever one you choose, you're using the pin tool and you're like tracking the sound on that instrument, on the picture of those two instruments. So it's not going to make the sound and you're not holding it, but it is student choice and it is visual and vocabulary awareness of unpitched percussion. But I think a fun way to do that and actually follow your rules for this staccato would be to have, um, you know, find something that you can keep the steady beat on and make a drum, find something you can do the rhythm of the words on and that's your rhythm sticks or your tambourine or something like that. I think that could be a really fun extension activity. And I like it. All right, Mr. Keemer, did you have anything? Nope. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Nope, we um, use wooden sticks. Uh, from the kitchen in the last video. So I guess I like wooden, wood, or wooden spoons, I should say. Wooden spoons. Wooden spoons, yeah. Wooden I sticks, like I have them in my kitchen as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah skewers. Hey, John, keep talking. Hello. 
Um, for the quarantine song of the week, um, I have a new video that I'm going to be posting to my YouTube channel that I will be embedding in this one. And I did not know um, before quarantine that Woody Guthrie had an entire album of children's music, um, but it's delightful. Uh, and I really enjoyed listening to it with my my boys. And so this, uh, I'm going to be sharing Pick It Up by Woody Guthrie, and we sing it while we pick up things around the house. And it's really fun. Nice. And it's cute. Yay! So, that's the quarantine song of the week. Hi guys, it's Mrs. Pridmore, and I have a new song to teach you today. This is one of my very favorite songs, and it's by Woody Guthrie. And it's all about what do you do with things when you drop them? Because I don't know about you, but I have to pick up my house, otherwise it gets really dirty really fast. And depending on what it is I drop, I might have to deal with it in different ways. So let's think about all the things we drop, and what we need to do when we pick them back. I'm gonna start with a silly one. I drop my thumb, pick it up, pick it up. I drop my thumb, pick it up, pick it up. I drop my thumb, pick it up, pick it up. And put it back on with my fingers. Now here's one that you might actually have done. I dropped my apple, pick it up, pick it up. I drop my apple, pick it up, pick it up. I drop my apple, pick it up, pick it up. And wash it clean in the water. Now what if you dropped your candy? Oh no, that's harder to wash clean. I drop my candy, pick it up, pick it up. I drop my candy, pick it up, pick it up. I drop my candy, pick it up, pick it up. And throw it away in the garbage. Sorry, that one's gone. Think about your room. Let's see, all the stuff in my room. Ooh, I drop my blanket, pick it up, pick it up. I drop my blanket, pick it up, pick it up. I drop my blanket, pick it up, pick it up. And lay it back on my bed. I drop my dolly, pick it up, pick it up. I drop my dolly, pick it up, pick it up. I drop my dolly, pick it up, pick it up. And lay her back in her cradle. What about my jacket? I dropped my jacket, pick it up, pick it up. I drop my jacket, pick it up, pick it up. I drop my jacket, pick it up, pick it up. And put it back on a hanger. Pick it up, pick it up. I drop my shoe. Pick it up, pick it up. I drop my shoe. Pick it up, pick it up. And lay it back with the other shoe. Pick, pick, pick it, pick it up, pick it up. Pick, pick, pick it, pick it up, pick it up. Pick, pick, pick it, pick it up, pick it up. Pick it, pick it, pick it, pick it up, pick it up. Boy, we sure drop an awful lot of stuff. I'm gonna end with a silly one, just like I started with a silly one. What if you dropped your head? I drop my head. Pick it up, pick it up. I drop my head, pick it up, pick it up. I drop my head, pick it up, pick it up. And put it back on my shoulders. Pick, pick, pick it, pick it up, pick it up. Pick, pick, pick it, pick it up, pick it up. Pick, pick, pick it, pick it up, pick it up. Pick it, pick it, pick it, pick it up, pick it up. Thank you for singing along with me. I cannot wait to see you in real life and get your ideas for all of the things that you drop. So next time you're around your house and you are picking up, I hope you think of this song and that you sing it. Bye guys. Uh, Victoria, thank you so much. Um, where can people find you on the socials? Sure. I'm on Instagram at Victoria Bowler. You can also shoot me an email, Victoria at VictoriaBowler.com. And you can find me on my website, VictoriaBowler.com. Yeah, you can. Crystal, how about you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Finney Vapa. Uh, you can find me on Instagram um, as Mrs. Pridmore. And I am Crystal Pridmore on YouTube. Awesome. Zoe? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ms. Kumagai and the YouTube channel for the rounds is Rosebank Panther music. They're yes. awesome. <laughs> Mark, how about you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, all under Mr. Keemer. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and also the YouTubes at Mr. Seligman, M-R-S-E-L-I-G-M-A-N. You can also contact us at Chaotic Harmony Classroom. Well, not there actually, but you can contact us at CH Classroom on Twitter, on Facebook, Sadly enough, on YouTube, it's the whole shebang, so Chaotic Harmony Classroom. Um, and as always, as we mentioned before, you can please, please send us emails. We would love to respond. Uh, chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail.com. 
We actually read them and we kind of freak out when we get one. So you really should. <laughs> 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 Thanks for listening, you guys. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Yay, The Chaotic Harmony Podcast is a joint project between Crystal Pridmore, Jonathan Seligman, Zoe Kumagai, and Mark Kamer. You can find us online at chaoticharmonyclassroom.com. You can email us at chaoticharmonyclassroom at gmail and let us know what you think. Give us feedback about what you would like to hear in future episodes. We're on all the socials. Find us on facebook.com slash chaoticharmonyclassroom. You can find us on Twitter at chclassroom, Instagram at chaoticharmonyclassroom, and you can even find our episodes on YouTube. Chaotic Harmony is the name of our channel. Special thanks to Brian Pridmore for his help with production and equipment. www.pridmoria.com John, so, off to you. Sorry, I, that was a wonderful quarantine uh, thing. Come on, bro. Yes. <laughs> what? what? Sorry, I, I was. How many times I, do I have was, to tell you we don't have to wait? <laughs> my D, I, I'm Cut, sorry. I, insert. No, I saw the shadow behind me. That's why I was thrown off. Okay. Anywho, it happened. It happened. Actually, That's terrifying. <laughs> the ghost of was, roommates passed. No, no, actually, I was. John lives by himself, so it's even worse. <laughs> Wait, I do? Uh, no, I, I was doing a band rehearsal like, uh, and went while we were playing, uh, sorry, car rehearsal. While I was seeing this one type in the chat, oh my gosh, there's a, there's a, there's a robber behind Mr. Seligman. I was like, no, get back focus, okay? Anyways, um, back to the topic at hand. That is good. I'm good to go. Okay. I cannot sit still. Me, 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 me. Nailed it. More, 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 more. Flat, Mark. I'm always flat.